Hi, welcome to the Health House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And I I got so much to say today. It is almost quarter four, which is crazy. That's wild. So, okay, let me go back. I have spatial synesthesia. I did not realize this until like this year. In fact, there's a lot of things that I thought that like everyone experienced. And I just, the more I'm around people on social media, reading the internet, hearing about other people's experiences, I'm like, wait, not everyone sees the world that way. Not everyone experiences this thing. You know, when I was having seizures as a kid, I thought that everyone quote unquote zoned out when I was having like blackout seizures, absent seizures. Anyways, I thought that everyone viewed the calendar as this like weird circle in their brain. No, they don't. No, they don't. It's called spatial synesthesia. Like literally other people can draw exactly what I see in my mind uh, as to what the calendar is. If you want to Google it, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, with an example of what this calendar looks like. But whenever I think about my calendar, there are certain months, it's almost like a filing system. There are certain months where I have so much data. I have so many memories and experiences and it's like so rich. It's almost like there are so many little files um, stored and images and videos and scents and smells and memories from the whole span of my 32 years of life. And there are some months that are just empty, like April. I don't even know what happened in April my entire life. I feel like I've got like one core memory from April. And that's when I ran the Boston Marathon. And like, that's pretty much it. So when I look at my sort of like weird calendar and my memory bank and my storage. October is just like chock full of these intense sense memories from super young to, you know, last year. And it's also for me, I don't know about you, but October has always been this like really alchemical time, maybe because I don't know, there's something about it that's like so sensory to me. That's so tangible. It's almost like the veil, I don't know, is thinner and like it's easier to to hop between different universes or different timelines during that period of time. And maybe you're not following this at all, but maybe you're you're totally following this and you feel the same way about October or you feel that same way about another month. But I, I think I'm probably not alone in this experience that October is sort of like this, this catalyst. Because when we think about it, it's uh, the beginning of quarter four. And that's the beginning of the end of the year. It's the beginning of fall, winter. So the season changes, right? The world changes. We begin to sort of go into hibernation mode. It's almost like we're grasping onto those last, those last like warm, sunny, joyful, abundant memories of summer and life before we go into our, I don't know, caves, <laughs> snow and winter depression. It's got a different flavor than summer depression, doesn't it? But I think at this period of time, beginning of Q4, at least from what I talk to my friends and my students about and other entrepreneurs is it's like the time where we take stock, right? We're getting to the end of the year. We still have some time, but we are like nine months in, you guys. (laughs) And all the goals that we had in January may have fallen to the wayside. Some of them may have fallen to the wayside. Some of them might have seemed like big, exciting, delicious goals at that point. And now they're just like "Mm, dead like total boner killer. You don't feel anything for them. Maybe other goals or desires are still there and they're still just as like sort of mm, underneath the surface. Um, Still so lively. Still they make your heart beat faster, but they feel just as far away, if not farther away, because there's that weird element of like, wow, I should have been closer by now. And I feel like almost if I'm not, then it's even more out of reach than I thought it was. And then when I think about the Akashic Records and what we learn about the Akashic Records and how when we're 
we're on a trajectory towards we're on a current trajectory with the decisions and actions that we make and sometimes when we're on a on a trajectory because of our choice making and then we veer off that trajectory it actually does take us farther away from whatever we were sort of orienting towards that desired outcome was and that's not necessarily good or bad it just means that we're on a different trajectory we might be farther away from that thing than we were months before even though we've improved and gotten better you know life is not linear <laughs> all my non-linear adhd people are like hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> but really it's not like thinking thinking doesn't have to be linear intuition is certainly not linear and time is not linear but i feel like october for me at least is that time where almost all roads lead to rome like I can choose any – I can dance on any path and it's going to get me towards the thing. I just have to decide what is Rome. <laughs> what is it that I'm trying to move towards? And having the end of the year just around the corner in that spatial synesthesia calendar, but also just around the corner metaphorically, it can cause some stress. It can cause some anxiety. And for anyone out there who runs off of anxiety, any of my ADHD people are raising their hands, we tend to procrastinate because having anxiety shoots up our dopamine levels and norepinephrine. And that's what helps motivate you and focus you. So we need anxiety almost to focus. We train ourselves to be stressed in order to focus and be overwhelmed. So we get in a constant cycle of overwhelm and stress and procrastination in order to do things, get things done. We often get them done like by the skin of our teeth. And then and then we continue that cycle over and over again. We beat ourselves up when <laughs> when we can't get out of it. But it's like literally how we can the only thing way that we can get things done. It's kind of kind of nuts. And it's but it's not it's not literally the only way we can get things done. We can tra train ourselves and understand our brains to make it easier because <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. But I think that that isn't necessarily a phenomenon that's only for people with ADHD. I think lots of us experience that, you know, that push of pressure or stress that we need in order to perform or in order to prioritize things. Because if you have lots of things on your plate that seem like high priorities, and then you don't know where to start. And so often we'll, we'll work backwards, right? Well, what is the, the, time, the deadline that's coming up? What's the most important thing to get started on? And we'll work from there. We'll let that be the thing that guides us. And as the deadline of the year, which is like a fake deadline, right? But we often give ourselves that span of, you know, from January to December to get something done or obviously like fiscal quarters in an intuitive business or any business to get things done, to like check out our growth and measure how far we've come. As we get to Q4, we're looking at the entire year. Did we get close to those goals that we set out for ourselves nine months ago? So right now, you might be in this position where you're looking at your desires, your dreams nine months ago, what you thought you would be doing, where you thought you would be going, what you thought you would be accomplishing. And maybe you're really far off from that and you don't want to be. Because it's one thing to like set some goals. I think it's really good to have goals that you fail on. Like side note, tangent. Google has a system called OKRs and Objectives and Key Results. And they say that you should fail like 20% of the time. So you should only accomplish 80% of your goals. And I think that that's a really good bar to set for yourself, that you should be failing on like a lot of the goals that you set for yourselves because it asks you to like continue to push. And there's an asterisk there. I don't think that we should just like blindly move towards a desired goal all the time. And this is where reassessment is really important and building in reassessment time and refocus time and just like, what is it that I'm doing here? Time can help us. And really that's like, that's intuitive. If we create a goal for ourselves and we just sort of blindly 
move towards it, sort of crawl towards it for years. And we don't stop and look around and check in with how we're feeling and how that goal feels. And if we actually still want to go in that direction, there's a really high likelihood that we'll end up at our desired outcome, whatever quote unquote desired outcome, and not be happy because we've been so blinded by working towards that thing like putting our head down and doing the work, whatever, hustling towards that goal that we didn't stop to think, is this still something that I want? And reassessment is not something that we are like encouraged to do in society. We're not encouraged to reassess our relationships with our partners. We're not encouraged to reassess our relationships with our friends. We're not encouraged to take inventory of our careers or our lives or our health habits or our spiritual beliefs or any of our beliefs, really. We're not encouraged to do that because first, you you might be spinning out just with that idea that if we're constantly in reassessment mode, trying to decide, is this something that I want? Is this someone that I want? Is this who I want to be? That existentialism on a day-to-day basis can be really exhausting and can be paralyzing, right? So that's the opposite of what we want with reassessment. Reassessment should help us more clearly in the direction of our true north, of what our goals are. But I don't think it's necessarily negative to not hit a goal, to have the target be moving constantly. In fact, I kind of think it's interesting. And I would argue, what is the point of living if we are just like trying to check things, check boxes off of our list, right? And and like and now I'm speaking in broad terms and from a sort of mile high perspective. But if we like zoom in on our business and let's say that we write some goals down. Let's say that you have a blog and you want to get 10,000 page views on your blog every month. Great awesome goal. And you set that for yourself at the beginning of January. And then you reassess that goal in the middle of the year in July. And you're at 5,000 page views. And you're like, okay, I'm halfway there. And is this working the way that I wanted it to work? Because we set goals for a reason, right? We have a desired outcome. We Maybe you set that goal of having 10,000 page views because you want to have 5,000 email subscribers and you want to sell a product to those email subscribers and make, I don't know, 10K a month or something, right? And so in order to do that, you would have to have like a certain conversion rate on your email if you had 5,000 subscribers and you'd need to have a product that you know you can sell to people. But that milestone of getting a certain number of users to be on your website to then join your email list, that could be important, right? Potentially, that's a pathway towards growing your email list and eventually getting to the revenue that you want to get to. This is a bit windy, but I hope you're staying with me. So you reassess that goal in July and you realize, okay, I've got 5,000 page views. I'm halfway there, but my email list hasn't really grown. And instead of just putting your head down and saying, well, when I get to 10,000 page views, then I'm sure that my email list will be where I want it to be. This is a really good time to reassess, to say, huh, okay, is that working? the way that I wanted it to work? Are my gut instinct correct? And if not, what am I learning? What am I seeing? What inputs or information do I need to add to my toolkit in order to make a better decision and orient closer to what it is that I want to accomplish? And how can I build a system for myself to make that more simple? And this is for me where systems really come in handy, right? Is that the best systems have review and reassessment built into them. They're not just things that are like a system doesn't just go on autopilot forever and ever and ever. An intelligent, intuitive system gives you time to, first off, it creates way more space in your brain because 
when you systematize something, you don't need to use your decision-making processes or your executive function to make choices. You can rely on your system to help you prioritize things. So that's going to make so much more space in your brain for you to have original thoughts and for you to open up to intuition. Because if we're distracted by that thinking that's like right in front of our nose, which is like, should I do this or should I do this? Which should I, should I send this email now or should I send it tomorrow? And sort of like, I, I think of like a cartoon character who's like legs are running really fast, but they're not going anywhere like underneath them, you know, like, like the Flintstones. When you are thinking in that way, when you're working in that way, you really don't move forward and you're not able to have deeper thinking or more intuitive thoughtful, innovative thinking. And I would argue that's like why you have a business, right? It's because you want to become a self-actualized person. You want to have deeper thought. You want to connect things that are perhaps disparate. You want to connect and make meaning of of elements in your life and and of your human experience. And you want to also support yourself and, and make money and connect with people. And that's what a business can offer you. So stop spinning your wheels <laughs> with like, you know, in, right in front of your nose thoughts, the sort of like anxiety distraction thoughts, the lack of systems thoughts, because that's like a waste of your energy and your time. And your time's really important here on this planet, <laughs> in my humble opinion. So when we have systems, we don't have to think about, we're not running, we're actually like on a treadmill almost, not even. I would say that we're on a automatic sidewalks at airports where you could stand or you can walk at your normal pace, but it's like moving you at three times the speed that you need to go. And it sort of shoots you out in the right direction. And there's no friction, right? It's just like you don't even need to think. You can do other things, which is really nice. So there's that element of systems that are really important, right? They help you get into deeper thought and discover and listen to your intuition, which can often be muffled by sort of anxiety thoughts or just trying to to keep up, right? Trying to stay alive. Survival thought. That's just, those are definitely survival archetypes that come in that are playing in that in that space. But also systems, really good intuitive systems, have built-in reassessment time, meaning that you are working towards something, but you're not working towards it blindly with you know those blinders on or with your head down. You're working towards something and then you're healthily reassessing every week, every month, every quarter, whenever it is that you build it into your system am I moving in the right direction? Does this feel good? Is this right? And is this working? Is it working for me on an emotional, spiritual level? Is it also working on a like actual level, you know, like a material level? And if not, what do I need to do to change things? And I think, again, the cool thing about a system is that you can see that there's one or two things you need to change usually, as opposed to like throwing the whole baby out with the bathwater, right? And this is a great time to reassess your systems and also just reassess your goals. So if you haven't already built this into your life, then reassess. Now's the time. This is the time to reassess. We're entering Mercury retrograde, which again is another re-time, right? Retrograde. So review, replenish, reassess, uh, return, all of the re's to go back to, right? That's what that prefix means. So go back to what your intent was and Are you in alignment with that intent still? And if you're not, what do you need to change in order to get there? And this might be the time for you to like double down on those systems that you created and continue to stay the course and stay the path if you created a really clear system for yourself. But it also might not be the time to do that. Like, let's be honest. Sometimes we just have to get scrappy. And, you know, they say like cleanliness is next to godliness. (laughs) I went to Catholic school. I think that scrappiness is next to witchiness. Like, I think that being scrappy is really, really, really important. And I'm not saying that if you have systems that you're not going to be scrappy and that you're not going to have moments where you put the system aside for a second and you like go ovaries to the wall on something. Scrappiness 
is so witchy. It is so typical of a witch to use everything at their disposal to get the most out of something, to make the most magic, to summon up whatever their desired outcome is. You know, we're like forging in other people's backyards or front yards, whatever's legal, for our tools. We're going to the cemetery down the street and getting some cemetery dirt. We're using old mason jars and leftover spices and flowers that we find in our backyard and herbs that we can find at the dollar store. And for the longest time, I had a huge thing of salt from the dollar store and in order to cleanse. And like, that's awesome. That scrappiness is part of what I love about being a witch. And it's part of what I love about being an intuitive business owner too, is that we can have really clear systems. We can set a goal for ourselves. We can work with intentionality and we can also have that reassessment moment where we look around and we're like, all right, here was what we planned for this launch or here's what we planned for this quarter. And it's not going the way that we thought or it's going, but it's not as successful as I thought it was going to be, or I'm not where I thought I would be. So how can I roll up my sleeves, put on my scrappy pants and just like get this work done? What am I going to need to do to get towards my desired outcome? It's a reassessment moment, right? And sometimes we double down on those systems and we, we stay the course. And other times we say, all right, well, guess I'm going to send an email to every single investor that I've talked to over the last four years and ask them to invest in me or check in with them and see how they're doing, right? That might That's a really scrappy move. Maybe you're going to send out you know, not just one email that your doors are closing, but you're going to send out an email. You're going to go on IG Live. You're going to reach out to individual people on Instagram who, who messaged you about whatever you're selling. You know, there's so many different ways to get scrappy. And to not just throw in the towel, right? And and roll over and say, well, you know what I tried didn't work. And that must mean, you know, that it wasn't meant for me, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we do that. But also, sometimes we have those watershed moments. And this is what I started this podcast out with. October tends to be one of those moments for me where I look around and I'm like, oh, let's get scrappy. <laughs> or, or let's build scrappiness into this business if I'm not where I want to I want to be. And I think that that's really fun. And I just want to give you permission to be scrappy. I want to give you permission to do things when you have a perfectly well-laid plan, which is really important. Like it's really important to give yourself space, to have a system, to have a plan, to know what comes next so that you can have the space to be scrappy. Because if you're constant, if you constantly have to fight to keep your head above water, which is what I think of when I'm, you know, being a scrappy person, just trying to make things work, right? you're going to get exhausted and you're going to burn out. And then you're not going to be able to be scrappy anymore. <laughs> and it won't be fun. It won't be interesting. It won't be exciting. I think about how I felt so scrappy when I lived in New York. You know, I had like no money and I was an artist making like less than $10 an hour and working like five jobs, you know, and interning for free and work studying. And I also was like so privileged. I'm so privileged, you know, I'm like a white cis hat woman living in New York in Brooklyn. And that like scrappiness for being so scrappy for so long was so tiring. And after a while, it was not something that I, it was not like the gold star that I wanted to sort of like, you know, put on my little bulletin board. It was 
that I felt I didn't have another choice but to be scrappy. And then I got this chip on my shoulder that like, no one believes in me. Nothing is easy for me. Everything's hard. (laughs) Everything has to be hard. I can't do things the normal way. And I'm always going to be struggling. Like it's always going to be hard for me to be received or to be successful or to get the things that I want. I'm always going to have to go through pain in order to get there. It will never be comfortable. And that mindset really like set me back. First off, it was just it wasn't true, but it was what I thought at the time. You know, it was my experience at the time. And again, like this is coming as a super privileged person, right? <laughs> and and that perspective of it, success has to be really hard. Success always comes when I'm like barely scraping by, when I'm being so scrappy, when I'm putting myself out there so much. Success is always uncomfortable. That learning or that sort of like engraving in my DNA was really hard to move out of. And it wasn't necessarily true. And there were things that I needed to do, like lots of mindset work and therapy (laughs) and understanding where that scarcity mindset came from and that that was something that I learned in childhood. And also the fact that I have ADHD and that it always has been really hard to keep up with other people, but I've been able to, but it's been hard. And so many things have helped therapy, mindset work, spirituality, understanding things like timelines, opening my Akashic records and seeing that doesn't have to be my pathway. And also materially making it easier for myself, building out systems that made it easier for me so that I didn't have to be always barely making things work by the skin of my teeth, making things work, that I had something set into place where I could just like breathe for a little bit and know that it was working, know that I was on that electronic sidewalk or whatever it's called. I think that the definition of well-being is choice, is the ability to choose. Give yourself the ability to choose between when you want to be scrappy, you know, ovaries to the wall, big Aries energy, or maybe when you want to embody that Virgo Capricorn bit a bit more and and play between those two spaces as opposed to having to choose to be one or the other. And I think that you'll find a lot of freedom there. And I'll leave you with this one final thing. I think we talked about it on our episode with Sarita a couple months ago, but perhaps maybe you identify with this. This was my perspective for a really long time. I really loved when people underestimated me for a lot of reasons because I loved when I could prove people wrong. And I loved that like hit of dopamine that I got when I wasn't expected to succeed. And then I did. And that was like the sweetest thing. You know, it was like so motivating to me. And I didn't really realize it until much later, but I continued to put myself in situations where I would be underestimated. It continued to set up the world around me, the people around me, the relationships around me to have something to overcome, to have some difficulty or hardship. Because I learned that when I overcame a hardship, a handicap, a disability like epilepsy, that I got praise. And I got less praise when I did a thing or did a good job. And for someone who has low dopamine ADHD people, or maybe someone who has codependent tendencies or maybe someone who has perfectionist tendencies who wants to be perfect, who wants to be the best, then perhaps it's even more motivating to put yourself at a deficit before you begin because that rise 
towards success is even more meteoric. Like it's even bigger. And maybe this doesn't resonate with you at all and whatever. This is like a singular experience that I've had. I don't I don't think it is. But I think that knowing that about myself, that I tended to do that and why really helped me move past it and see that I, I didn't have to make things difficult. I didn't have to love people who were never going to love me back. I didn't have to pick these gigantic goals that were literally impossible because they were literally impossible. I could pick goals and aspirations and people who who I actually wanted, you know, like, and were within my reach. And that wasn't settling. And that wasn't a small life. That was like actually a beautiful life. And what a wonderful thing to experience. And arguably the reason that we're here, right? Which is to experience, not to pine after and not to like self-flagellate or commit self-violence to try and like make the impossible possible, to, to always be exceptional. Where did we get that idea that you had to overcome all the odds and like all the pain and all the struggle to be exceptional? Your being is exceptional, period. You are here, that is exceptional. And it is not a little life <laughs> to orient towards things that make you happy and even things that come with ease and with joy. So I really wasn't expecting to like go that philosophical. <laughs> so I'm going to pull it back. But yeah, to me, that's why systems are important. <laughs> that's why knowing when to be scrappy is important. And reassessment really above all things, constantly reassessing. Is this really what I want? And if so, am I on the right path? Am I on the right trajectory? And then building the world around you so that you can orient towards that one right thing or those many right things or the, the one right thing right now. Well, that's this week's episode. If you're curious to learn more about building systems, we have our Notion for Magical Baddies system spells class coming up in October. It's a live cohort class for four weeks that is in the educational universe, Notion for Magical Baddies that we created for people with ADHD, what we like to call squiggly brains. I have ADHD, members of our team have ADHD, and we see a connection between people who are super intuitive and creative and have these alternative entrepreneurial businesses and who are maybe not neurotypical. And the world is not made for us and typical business systems aren't made for us. So learning how to make systems that suit us and our needs is really, really important. And it creates like I said, so much more space for you to be intuitive and for you to be happy, <laughs> not stressed and not anxious, and also for you to understand yourself and what you're here for. And yeah, it's a really fun class. And I'd love for you to join us. We're going to put the link in the show notes if you want to get on the wait list for when the doors open. But it's it's a really good time. So I think that's our last live class of the year. So if you want to come, make sure you sign up. All right. With that, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. See you on the internet. Bye.